اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم واقم الصلاة وآت الزكاة وآتی الرسول لعلكم ترحمون Chapter 24 verse 56 Allah Almighty says And observe prayer and give the zakat and obey the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam that you may be shown mercy This particular verse appears right after the verse that talks about khilafat being established in the Muslim ummah And what's unique about this verse is that right after mentioning that khilafat will be established on this earth Allah then mentioned to the Muslim world that these three things are connected to khilafat The first aqimu salata establishing prayer atu zakata giving towards zakat and atiur rasula obeying the holy prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam i'll present the commentary by hazrat khalifatul masih the second hazrat al muslim aud radhiyallahu anhu first with regards to these verses and then i would like for us to discuss a little bit about what it means and what commentary he has shared and try to digest a little bit of the information that he has given us Hazrat al-Muslim Maud radhiyallahu states he says what is the difference between the companions of the holy prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the muslims of today it is only this that because the sahaba were under a system they had reached the pinnacle of obedience to the prophet for example whenever the prophet would issue any order the companions would immediately stand ready to fulfill the command though this spirit of obedience of the prophet is not evident among the muslims of today muslims will pray five daily prayers they will keep the fast and they will perform the hajj but they do not possess the essence of obedience of the holy prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam because such obedience cannot be established without a system therefore whenever khilafat will be present obedience of the prophet will be present because obedience of the prophet isn't simply reading the salat fasting or performing hajj these are an obedience to god's commands I'll read this again. Because obedience of the prophet isn't simply reading the salat, fasting or performing hajj. These are in obedience to God's commands. Obedience to the holy prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is actually this that when he says that now it is time to put a focus on prayers, then all the people right away put their focus on prayers. It is also this that when he says you must put focus on zakat and paying chanda then everyone turns their full focus on zakat and paying chanda. And it is this that when he says that there is a need for sacrificing ourselves or a need for sacrificing by migration then all of the people stand ready to sacrifice themselves and their places of residence. In other words these three things are such that are fortified and connected with khilafat if there is no khilafat then allah almighty states that your prayers will deteriorate 
your zakat will disappear, and in your hearts the core of your obedience to the Prophet will diminish. Since our jamaat, our community, is under the habit and practice of following a system, that is why individuals of jamaat possess the core of obedience in them. That is why if today, individuals of our jamaat were taken back to the time of the Holy Prophet Muhammad they would exhibit the same spirit of obedience as was shown by the Sahaba themselves. Although in comparison, if you imagine a non-Ahmadi Muslim in that same era of the Prophet, you will find such a person continuously stumbling along every step of the way while incessantly asking to slow down because he isn't able to understand the wisdom behind this command or that command. In the same fashion, he will begin to deny certain things. But if you were to take an Ahmadi Muslim to that same era, he wouldn't feel the slightest that he is in any unfamiliar territory. He would be as though a part of a machine that is placed immediately with ease in its exact place. He would go immediately to the Holy Prophet Muhammad ﷺ and become his companion. To start off, I would like to say that just today I received a video from multiple places on WhatsApp. It depicted a fight that occurred in one of the mosques in London. Some of you may have already seen it. And it was basically interesting because it was not those who were praying, but the imams themselves were fighting about who should lead the prayer and who shouldn't. Which one is the rightful imam of that particular mosque? So much so that they were dragging these imams, pushing them, holding them, doing everything they could, telling them to be quiet, telling them to control themselves. And yet, all they kept doing was yelling and screaming, shouting, pushing, shoving. And just looking at this scenario of just one mosque, they could not decide who should lead the prayer. Imagine what their whole story, their whole situation must be like. What is the difference between them and us? It is Khilafat. It is the fact that we have a Khalifa. We have never fought for the person to lead the prayer here, right? Nobody would ever do that. Because we have a system, we have a nizam. And we have that obedience, that spirit of obedience. And what Hazrat Khalifatul Masih Sani, the second Khalifa, he is mentioning here, he's giving us not only you know, a pat on the back, but also telling us where we should be if we aren't. He is saying that, look, the Sahaba of the past and the Muslims of today, there's a stark difference between the two. He says, but my Ahmadis, true Ahmadis, good Ahmadis, Ahmadis at the level they should be at, if they were to go back in time, they would be obedient to the Holy Prophet Muhammad just like the Sahaba. Now the question is, are we at that level? Are we truly behaving like those Ahmadi Muslims that the Khalifa was talking about? Or are we not? Many of us talk about how, oh, if Hazrat Abu Bakr was here, I would be right next to him, shoulder to shoulder. I would obey him, listen to him, do everything. All of us imagine that, if we were to go back in time. Especially when you're reading the stories of the Sahaba. You read about Hazrat Umar bringing 50% of his home, 
you think I would have brought in 75, right? These are all things that we think about. We anticipate, we hope for. But today we do have a Khalifa. On this very earth, we are those blessed souls who are, who are able to not only witness him, but many of you have met him. Many of you have written to him. Many of you have received a letter from him. Many of you may even have a picture in your home with him. And when he tells us to do something, what happens? Oh, I don't have time today. I'm a little busy. I'll do it later. Well, that's not very important. Uh, he's, that's not exactly what I was thinking. And we have every single excuse that we can possibly think of. And when it comes time to be obedient today, with the Khalifa of our time, we have excuses. But we think back, if I was there, I would die for this and that, and I would be here, I would stand shoulder to shoulder. Just simply making poetry and, and making claims is very easy to do. What the second Khalifa is mentioning here, let's make it, let's understand it. There are two kinds of commandments. One is the commandments that God has given to us directly in the Qur'an. And the promised Messiah says there's around 700 of them. And the promised Messiah is also quoted to have said that if you leave even one of those commandments willingly, intentionally, then you yourselves by your own action have closed the door of salvation to yourself. Just one of those commandments. So those are the commandments that God gives us. But what are the commandments of the Holy Prophet Muhammad? <laughs> the second Khalifa is mentioning here that it's not to do those 700 commandments. Those are already God's commandments. It is to do those 700 but putting a focus on the ones that the Khalifa of that time directs you. You have to do all of them. But every so often you will have one to specifically focus on. Every once in a while you hear a Friday sermon and Hazur will say, focus on your prayers. Or he'll give you a, a prayer to memorize. Or a dua. You all remember during the Khilafat Jubilee in 2008. He gave us a series of prayers. To do two rakat and fast. And it's a long series of things to do. And we all started to do them. But don't we do them every day? Anyways, if we wanted to. So obedience to the Prophet at that moment was to listen and obey to the Khalifa of that particular time. For the guidances he was giving at that particular moment. Now why is any of this important? I want you to understand that in the Qur'an, there is mention of two kinds of Khalifa. Not one, but two. One Khalifa is a Khalifa of Allah, also known as a Prophet. A Nabi or a Rasul. In the Holy Qur'an, Hazrat Adam salam is referred to as a Khalifa. The other Khalifa that's mentioned in the Qur'an are those who follow the, the, the Prophet of Allah and are subordinate to him and pass on his message. And they are his successors. They are also known as Khalifa. And both are mentioned in the Qur'an. And what is interesting about the way that they are connected is that when the earth is void of faith. There's no faith on earth. Faith is raised up. Allah chooses a person Himself. And He tells that person and nobody else. He tells that person, you are my Khalifa 
Now go to the world and share this message of mine. Number one. That's how one Khalifa is, is appointed by God Almighty directly. Why? Because nobody else has faith on earth, right? Except that one man, everybody else is devoid of faith. They're devoid of spiritual eyesight to a large extent. Except a few who will have known that he's supposed to appear. But majority of the world will be devoid. So Allah Almighty then chooses this person himself. But the second Khalifa is appointed very differently. After the first Khalifa establishes a Jamaat, he establishes people with a connection to God. Right? That's his purpose. He appears, he's alone. Then he begins to convert people and share his message and connect them to God Almighty. All of a sudden when he's passing away, he has produced this large Jamaat. At that point, on earth, it's not just one person talking to God, but this whole Jamaat is now speaking to God. So then Allah does not have to tell that person specifically. He can then guide all of the people there that this is your Khalifa. And this is how the second Khalifa is appointed. Everybody understand that? Both are by God Almighty. One is because there's no spiritual eyesight. And the other is because Allah has granted them spiritual eyesight. So He guides them to pick the right person. Now I don't want to go into too much detail and distract you with all these other ideas. I just want you to understand that whenever we mention Khalifa or our beloved Khalifa, if you truly want to be obedient to him, you have to be obedient to the commands that he is telling you to focus on at that particular moment in time. He is never going to tell you not to do anything Islamic. We are supposed to do it all. But every once in a while, he will help us to focus on something very specific. So the real question is, how do we know what he is telling us to do today? Right now, at this particular moment. That's what I wanted to highlight today, from mentioning all of this. We have to focus on a way to find out what he is trying to tell us. If we open that door of communication, then you will be saved. Think of it like this. If the Holy Prophet Muhammad was getting ready for jihad and he has to go a place, to a place called Khaybar and he's telling everybody, okay, let's get ready, we have to go. Now if you're sitting in your home with the door locked and windows closed, you have no idea that outside the Prophet is getting ready to go for jihad. You'll be in your room quietly sitting there enjoying life and by the time you leave the room, you'll find out they're already gone. You miss the opportunity to follow that particular command, to participate in that particular jihad. So today, unfortunately, with all the technology we have, with all the modes of communication we have, we also remain in the dark. Why? We will spend hours upon hours on YouTube, for example. We will spend hours and hours upon you know, watching TV or a game or this or that, watching something and remaining in this bubble. And when you ask somebody, have you watched MTA? No. They don't even know what it is. What have you heard about Hazur? What's the last thing that you can think about right now that Hazur had told you? If you have to think all the way back to Hazur's visit in America, then we have to work on this. Because not only on a weekly basis, but on a daily basis, 
Hazur is sharing instructions and ways for us to succeed. For us. Nobody else. So let's step back for a moment and let's realize that He is directing us and what are those ways to do it. Okay? Number one. There is a, on Press Ahmadiyya website, there are diaries of Hazur that are published nearly every month. In those diaries, many of you have quoted it in the past. Some of you know that Hazur likes iPhone or he happens to have an iPhone. Where was that found that was written in that diary for the first time? And there's so many other treasures there. And Hazur has instructed Abid Khan Sab to write it in English so that all of us can benefit. So the first, I would say, source for you to know what Hazur is saying, sometimes very specific and minute details of things he is directing. Read those diaries. If you don't know where they are, I would hope that everybody would share some kind of link on WhatsApp so we all know where those Press Ahmadiyya diaries are. Number two, they've started a new series on MTA. It's on YouTube as well. It's called This Week with Hazur. Every single week, they will summarize Hazur's week, the Khalifa's week, and what he's doing, what he's saying. In fact, the very last video that I remember I watched was last week's, in which he very clearly mentioned to a group of converts from Canada, that you have to listen to everything your wife says, spend time and focus and try to hear, just listen, and things will be better. So there are small things, small snippets that you will get from his guidances in that way. Another one of course is that the speeches that he gives at various events. If we're having Bangladesh Jalsa Salana for example coming up, every once in a while, if not every time, Hazur has a speech specifically for that Jalsa. For Qadiyan Jalsa, Hazur will have a speech. And so many other Jalsas and events around the world, Kazaa board had a meeting, international uh, centenary, they had a meeting, Hazur gave a speech. These are the speeches we should also try to digest and try to listen whenever we have time. The next, of course, is on a weekly basis, we get the Friday sermons. For that particular week, that should be your goal. Whatever he has focused on for that particular week. Uh, he, our beloved Hazur has actually quoted a missionary from London. And he said that, I like this one particular practice that he has. What he will do, and you will see this every time you're watching MTA, Look in the front row, you will see one person sitting there writing notes during Hazur's sermon. That's the particular missionary I'm referring to. He sits there and he takes notes, exact details as much as he can from beloved Hazur's sermon. Then he divides them up into seven sections. And every single day, for dars, he will present one of those sections. And in this way, the whole week, he has summarized and discussed everything Hazur said again but in sections. And Azur said that's a very good thing to do. And the last thing I would say is that you should write to him. I believe all of us collectively wrote in December, I think it was 22nd or 23rd or so. How many of us have made an effort to write after that? I'm not asking you to raise your hand, it's okay. But I'm hopeful that you all did. And if you are younger, I would hope that you are now comfortable enough to write another letter. If you're not, again, we still have those exact same forms outside. I'll request if you can print more. I think they're a bit crooked. But if we can print a fresh batch. 
Anytime you want to write something, just pick up a piece of paper. It's very easy. The template is right there. Write it out, put your name, and send it. And don't delay. And don't only send bad things or things that you're having a hard time with. Send good news as well. Today my kid graduated. All right, write it down. Right? Today I bought a TV. Write it down. Just share with Azur. Whatever you want to share. And you make it as short as possible so that it gets to Azur. And then sometimes when you get a reply, it will specifically tell you to focus on something. Sometimes a reply will say, focus on istighfar. Another one will say, focus on your five daily prayers. Take that as your personal guidance from the Khalifa. And try to focus on them. So that's the basic thing I wanted you to understand. That for us to truly succeed and not turn into those people we saw in London who are fighting over who should lead a particular prayer, for us to remain united and unified, we have to connect to our Khalifa. I remember reading, I cannot quote who, but I remember reading there were two people discussing and arguing about within the Jamaat there was people they didn't like. They said, oh, there's this problem and that problem and this problem. And the gentleman overheard them and he came to them and says, what are you saying? He said, oh, that man has this problem. He said, oh, that man has this problem. He said, stop. He said, every single one of us has a problem. We are all in a hospital. Some of us have the flu, some of us may have cancer. And our only doctor is our Khalifa. So you want to look at somebody? Don't look at each other. We're all sick in the hospital. What are you going to compare? Look at the Khalifa. Follow his example. Connect to him. <coughs> I have seen so many times over the years, people will get distant from our jamaat because of so-and-so said so-and-so. This person said this. And I always urge them, don't look at those people. Don't look at anybody. You're not here for any particular person. You are here to establish a relationship with Allah. And the only person who can help you do that is the Khalifa. Look at the Khalifa. And if we're not spending enough time finding out what our Khalifa is doing, then that is our own weakness and we have to work on it. I hope and pray that we're able to make a lasting relationship with our beloved Khalifa. Ameen. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ala Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim inna ka hamidu majid.